gates and ready to go. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow underway. Sixth and Peabody, our location. Wednesday edition is here. Join us across the network on this great radio station you may be listening to or on our OutKick YouTube channel. Search us out there. We hope you'll subscribe while you're there. Join us in the chat and catch all of the shows live or on demand through the OutKick channel on YouTube and at OutKick.com. Chad, we've got uh, Clay Travis who will join us in about an hour and 15 minutes from now. Always a great chat with uh, good friend and the president, the founder of OutKick.com. Good afternoon. Hope things are well. Good afternoon. Things are great. And for the rest of three hours, we'll be doing what we do best, conversing with each other and the YouTube chat and anyone else who wants to chime in on the show. I had a ton of people chiming in about kids' swim lessons yesterday. Uh, I took everything under advisement. We'll discuss that in a little bit. But uh, fun times, Hutton. Ready for a big show today. And Clay's always going to be exciting. Not fun times, though, for a handful of players in the NFL right now. Uh, Isaiah Rogers, we know, is one of them. He's copped to it. He's admitted to it. And uh, he's remorseful, but it doesn't matter. Uh, Cornerback and kick returner for the Indianapolis Colts. He's going to be suspended for a full season at least. The suspension will be indefinite. But based on what we've seen from Calvin Ridley, gambling on the NFL, specifically games within the league or anything to do underneath the shield of the league on any app that's partnered with the league or or any app that's not, if they catch you, at minimum, if you bet on the league, you're out for a year. Isaiah Rogers, at some point, according to Adam Schefter, this week will be handed down that suspension. But as an addendum to that report, The reports are also saying that there will be a handful of other players that will also be suspended for the full NFL season minimum. We don't know those names that have surfaced. Isaiah Rogers surfaced within a 12-hour radius of a... a, a, Really, I'm trying to think, was it... It was the day after. It may have been the night of the report that Rogers and his agent released a statement. They just came out and said it was us. Um, We... We copped to it, like we, I did it, didn't mean to, or if he didn't mean to, didn't know it was against the policy. Well, since then, and prior to this suspension that's going to be handed down, according to Schefter, to multiple players, they have reinformed through the NFLPA, through agents, and through teams that have just wrapped up mini camps, the gambling policy for the league. Chad, we have talked at length about this and whether or not the players understand it or not doesn't matter. It's like whether or not you meant to ingest a performance enhancing drug because a batch of Tylenol was tainted with within the drum that it was produced in doesn't matter. Uh, the, the, the PED is in your system. You're going to receive a, a, a suspension. Same here because the apps, the companies, they're reporting back to the NFL who's doing it and how often, and betting on which sport, and specifically, if, the, if it's the NFL, how often and how much. But the, the rules were clarified about a week and a half ago. Don't bet on the NFL. Don't gamble at your team facility while traveling for a road game or staying at a team hotel that is considered NFL and team property. Don't have someone bet for you. Don't share team, quote, unquote, inside information with friends of yours that could then use that information to help their bet or or take the underdog based on the fact they know that the the other team, the big favorite, is not going to be without, it's not going to be with a, a great player on their roster. Don't enter a sports book during the NFL playing season and don't play daily fantasy football. 
And that also, the addendum to that one is you can't even be in a fantasy football league where the payout or the prize is worth more than $250. They've, they've written this out in six bullet points, but the main one is the top one. Don't bet on the NFL. And that means literally anything. Chad, I would delete the app. So if I'm an agent for any player, remove it from your phone. Don't have it. Don't have, you know, uh, an alias. Don't come up with a pin name. Don't have a buddy bet for you. Just don't do it because it's not worth the penalty, which is the full NFL season if you bet on the league, and at least six games if you bet on anything else currently, which is also unfair based on the fact that it's legal and these guys can bet on the UFC fights if they want to, if they were not in the NFL, if they were doing anything else. But here come more, more suspensions. And I'm, what we don't know yet, the superstar aspect of this. Calvin Ridley's really the biggest name. Jamison Williams got six games. Who are the other handful of players that Schefter is saying is also going to be suspended this week? And that could come down today, tomorrow, at some point by Friday. It's an enormous distraction. And how nervous are you if you're a general manager or a head coach right now? Yeah, this is like COVID around the league. Remember we talk about the nerves with what happens when our star guy yeah. pops positive for a test and he's asymptomatic. He's not even sick, but he has to sit for 10 days or whatever it was at the time. That was the discussion around the NFL, around all sports during COVID. And now this has just become another huge distraction and possible negating factor for a team. I mean, it's been some guys who are going to have an impact on their team, no doubt about sure. it, Jamison Williams being one of them, and some other guys that aren't as impactful for their teams. But And those guys were cut. If there's no end in sight, then this is a huge issue around the league, and it's only going to get worse and worse, and it's something so stupid and trivial. I've been on this from the beginning. If I'm an agent, I'm just signing up guys who are willing to remove all apps from their phone while they're playing in the NFL. That's a good way to make sure you never violate something, even unknowingly, that's going to get you popped for a multi-game suspension and cost you a lot of money and cost you a chance to help your team. So I don't want any player to have it. I also, though, Hutton, like the common sense approach. I mean, my goodness, how often we talk about that we've thrown we can just out? have a common sense approach of just don't bet on the NFL. Yeah, that's it. Allow them to just don't bet on allow the NFL. them to be an adult with anything else. Uh, if they're losing money, that's on them. You know, it's no different than a guy going to casino after he gets paid in any other league. You know, Barkley has tons of stories like that. Um, yeah, betting on the NFL, I understand why that rule is in place not just betting on your team, or even if you bet on your team to win. I understand the insider information of all of that. Betting on Major League Baseball or the UFC fight or anything else, let these guys do that and just don't get, don't get swallowed up by the minutia of what this ultimately could become, which is a six-game suspension for something that's as trivial as, as, as betting on a, you know, the undercard prior to a pay-per-view on a Saturday in the offseason. The, the companies are digging... In some cases, they don't even have to because guys are using their name and their own account. And that tells me they're ignorant to the rule or the policy, which, again, doesn't really factor in to what the NFL is going to do, which is suspend you. And it, unlike COVID, where it was a weekly deal or a daily deal, in this case, what Isaiah Rogers did was last year. And now we're just finding out about it as we go into July. And that's why I would be extremely nervous and hesitant 
about anyone on my roster right now who may not have known the rule, may have done one or two bets. And, and Rogers is saying he bet more, no more than, what, 50 bucks mm-hmm. at a time? Craziness. If I'm a super agent or if I'm any agent that can be somewhat selective about my clientele and I tell one of my players, hey, here's my policy. You're not going to have any betting app, sports betting app on your phone while you're a player and they are reluctant to say yes to that. My assumption is they have a problem. Maybe that's unfair, but that's my assumption. And I don't want to deal with them because this is becoming such a big issue across the league with guys being suspended. Because if you know you have a finite amount of time to make a killing, to make a ton of money, that your career is going to be over if you're lucky when you're 30 or your early 30s. But you're going to make a really good amount of money for that amount of time. And I tell you as your agent and representation, just wait until you're 32 and retire to download the FanDuel app and bet on games. If you can't do that for me, then I assume that you have a gambling problem. Well, but but with this, this is again. I'm just looking at what Rogers is. Rogers is a sixth round pick. He's making this year. He had a, a, a signing bonus of thirty six thousand dollars and a base salary of two point seven. But prior to this year, he was making less than a million dollars a season. But he's going to miss out on that money this year, the fourth year of his contract with the Colts, where he actually is going to get paid something compared to the other guys on the roster. He's actually going to make some money in the account instead of making less than a million and being a day-to-day player. He was still on the roster and is still sticking around currently, but not for long, and he's losing out. It's a huge penalty for a guy who says he wasn't betting all that much, even though he bet over 100 times. And, and let me also throw this out there, just briefly. You can win a bet and then use the money that you won or use a credit that you won or used and then reapply that. I believe they're counting all of those bets too. I mean, why wouldn't they? So it doesn't necessarily have to be your money. It can be a credit from you know, signing up for an account that's also counting against them here, and it's just not worth it. I'm sitting around waiting for that other, not shoe, but enormous snow boot. There's got to be one, you know? One quarterback. When Joe Burrow gets popped, or name the star quarterback, Josh Allen, anyone, Lamar Jackson gets popped for a suspension for betting on a sports app on a non-NFL event because they were on a team bus or in a team hotel or wherever they were on team property. That's going to be a gigantic story. This is a big story as it is. That is going to be the jaw-dropping moment of the offseason with, wow, they suspended this guy for six games or ten games or indefinitely or whatever it is. That will be a franchise-altering suspension if and when a quarterback gets popped. Hasn't happened yet, and you can go ahead and turn up your conspiracy theories if all these other players get nailed and not one starting quarterback right. gets hit as to who they're protecting and who they're not. But I am anxiously awaiting that happening, that a quarterback's going to get suspended. Chad, I want to get your uh, you to, uh, to go through the, the swim lessons based on the drama we faced yesterday in just a moment. Uh, you mentioned the the big stories, the big headlines. Where do you rank Zuckerberg and Musk right now in the feud that's back and forth? That's really being played out currently uh, through UFC Hall of Famers, through Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, black belts, and and others that are signing up or at least lobbying to be able to train Musk or Zuckerberg. I know Chel Sonnen uh, claims that he got a call from Zuckerberg 
about well, wanting to do this at like UFC 300 right now. UFC 290 is coming up July 8th. Uh, but I mean, uh, Elon Musk is training. Zuckerberg is training. And most recently, we've got video of uh, Lex Friedman of the uh, Lex Friedman podcast. He's you know known for the uh, being a computer scientist. He does a hell of a podcast interviewing all kinds of people, but he, he's uh, artificial intelligence expert, a Russian-American computer scientist. He does it all, but he's also a black belt in jiu-jitsu. And here is Friedman training with, with Elon Musk and with Zuckerberg. He's also uh, been on the mat w with Zuckerberg. But he, he said, hey, it was, a, it was a blast. It was an honor. And that Musk was stronger than he expected. Uh, based on some of the grappling that they did. Well, it's a big story. I mean, if this thing happens, I agree with Dana White that it's going to be the most watched fight of all time. Uh, it's going to be bigger than right now, I think it is McGregor or Floyd Mayweather yeah. is the most watched fight ever. If Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg, I chuckle as I even say it, actually get into a cage and fight each other, it's going to be an enormous pay-per-view event. Um, will it happen? I, I don't know. Is it a publicity stunt? I don't think so. I still think the odds of it actually happening are pretty low. I'm going to say less than 50% that it actually comes together. But it, it, it is a huge story. It's an entertaining story. And uh, I love that this MIT scientist is the sparring partner of Elon Musk in the video. He fascinates me more than the other two. Well, even. and he's, he even said it's great that these guys have taken an interest in martial arts training, but he said – they're a lot more useful to everyone if they just train and don't actually get in a, in a cage and fight each other. <laughs> that it's a much better pursuit to not fight in doing this. So, they shouldn't be doing that. So this is where I'm curious on the, the entire drama storyline and why I'm skeptical. If you're these two guys, the billionaires, right? Mm -hmm. Why don't you go, if you're actually going to do this, why wouldn't you go the Jake Paul route instead of the UFC route? Where... Jake Paul rakes in the entire amount. Meanwhile, partnering with Dana only gets you a certain percentage based on. Well, they're not trying the to make money of off of it. They want to give 100% of the proceeds to charity. Well, people are going to make money off of this. Yeah, but I mean, good for them. Like, uh, you know, Elon Musk has $230 billion. Like, this is about my disdain for Zuck. And they've already agreed that if they do it, they've said it all goes to charity. Every bit of it. Uh, all the, I guess not all of it. Someone's going to make money for putting on the fight. And they're going to get their money back at least. But they want this to be 100% to charity. That whenever they do this, they're not going to make a dime off of it. Yeah. But Again, we'll see. I, this all sounds great. I know. I'm, I'm reluctant to say that it's over a 50% chance of actually happening. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not buying it either. Uh, but you've got everyone coming out of the woodworks trying to, to train and uh, be in the corner. Uh, you know, you've got Tito, Tito Ortiz in one and his arch rival, uh, Chell Sonnen, is going with the opposite side on the same day. Tito and Ortiz, it, whose name will never be mentioned on the show yeah. again after that one well, slip up by Hutton to mention his name after he mention, bailed on us, not once, yeah. but not twice. not going to be on our show, though. Tito, you are blackballed from uh, this well, show. Good luck on going on other shows, and uh, best of luck next time you run for city council and you have to resign because you put out for unemployment when you were, in fact, employed. So good job, Tito. Way to go. Team never Chell. coming back on this show, Bob. Team Chell.
uh, Team Chelson. And, uh, yeah, if, if St. Pierre wants to come on this show and talk about his training, I'm all for it. Literally any other UFC figure is welcome on, on these airwaves. I also commend them for digital wanting to do the MMA, to do the MMA version of this and not just the boxing aspect. That's the other thing. Uh, Musk looks uh, good based on what I expected him to look like. Musk looks uh, on the, on the ground, shockingly on the uh, chiseled. Like even his facial features are very chiseled. In this photo. For a guy who's known to have, he rocks the dad bod. He's really hardened himself up for this fight. <laughs> Maybe just in recent weeks. Maybe it's some better health choices. Man, the camera but... options here are, are glorious today. There's Elon Musk. Looks good. Coming up, Chad, well, he bit the bullet. We'll find out how it went this morning at Swim Lessons. Plus more headlines, including the Bears' new stadium is not likely to happen anytime soon. Shout out to the Outkick crew uh, here with us behind the scenes making the show happen today. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. It's a vacation crew. It is. We got some subs in. I mean, we know they're all full-timers. I'm not trying to say it's like the B yeah. team. No, it's not. I'm just saying this is not the normal crew that's in B- here in yeah, different right. slots. That's fair. I would, I would describe everyone in this studio right now as utility players. They're very good at a number of different things, so they can slide over. It's like a middle infielder who can pop out and play right field or even catch in a pinch. Everyone here can play multiple positions. Oh, us too. We could do anything. Uh, I I count us in that as well, including come up with new segment uh, ideas. But I have to give credit where credit is due because I'm big on giving people credit when they deserve the credit. David Griffin in the YouTube chat, loyal viewer of this show daily. After Riff. I just went off half-cocked on Tito Ortiz for standing us up for no good reason on back-to-back shows and went all in on him, he said, new segment for the show. Instead of let's get weird, let's get personal. I love this idea for a segment. Now, it can't be forced. It might be a once every two weeks. might be a bi-weekly segment. Chad, might be once a month. We have to we really to feel it, right? Yeah, exactly. But also, I do like the idea of you know what the time I think it is, Hutton? Yeah, I think it's about that time. And us pitching to a roll of something on video of let's All get personal, it. and then it comes back on a solo shot of one of us, and we get personal. Did it get personal today as you took Lucy back for day three of swim lessons yeah. after the vote was heavily in favor of you doing so? I said, I think you should do it as well based on personal experience on, and, and, and trying to put myself in Lucy's uh, situation of you know, a certain fear and trying to overcome that. How did it go this morning? Because I do know you were there because I tried calling and you were there and you said, I'll have to call whenever I leave uh, current, uh, my current situation. Yeah. It, uh, first off, I thought good advice from you. Okay. Uh, I did. I did listen to your advice. Did on you it. take Evie? Took Evie. Okay. Took Evie. Yes. Usually they don't allow family members, but I've noticed there's a couple of older siblings and like a grandmother who's there every day. It's important. And, uh, you know, speaking of, this is not the B team in here. This is our vacation team. But they have the B team that's teaching. It's not the lady who normally runs the class. It's a younger woman that's teaching the class. So I decided to same offer price. my oldest daughter, same, same class, my oldest daughter, Evie, the chance to go and serve as moral support for my three-year-old Good. Lucy during this class. So... Reviewed it yesterday. It's been an utter disaster. Complete failure. Screams and cries. Grabs hold of me. Will not let me take her away from the steps. She wants to stay on the steps right next to the side of the pool the whole time. She'll put her head underwater. 
She'll uh, she'll blow bubbles. She'll do all that, but she does not want to go out into the middle of the pool even when I'm holding her, and she won't try any of the tricks, the, any of the drills, the the floating on the stomach, the floating on the back, the practicing different strokes to get in the pool and do all that. Won't do any of it. So I did not want to go back to this swim school because it was such a disaster, and I'm feeling like I'm just my daughter's not going to get anything out of it. I threw it open to the public, and we did it on the YouTube chat. We did it on Twitter, poll questions, ask people. I've been getting emails. I've been getting uh, DMs. I've been getting mentions. I'll get into some of those in my primary complaint coming up. Getting all these suggestions about what to do and how, how to handle this. So after taking everything in, talking over with my wife, Angie, I decided we were going to go back to swim school today. And Hutton, I'm here to report that today we made it through the entire class. I did not leave, you know, with 25 minutes left in the class today. Didn't get that frustrated. I will also say didn't really accomplish much more in terms of doing the drills and all of that. I do think she was a little bit more comfortable. I got her eventually to stop whining and screaming in my ear about being out in the middle of the pool, and she just kind of forgot about it at one, one or two points. There was one drill where they're supposed to sit with their buns on the side of the pool and jump in and have the sensation of going underwater and uh, bringing themselves back up. I got her to do that kind of unknowingly where I'd let her go in the water and then pull her up. Yes. But she wouldn't like do it on her own. But she did want to impress the this teacher. This is necessary. By showing the teacher she can do that. Uh, she's very good about going underwater. Like She doesn't care about that. Most of the kids are more afraid of that. Just the first part of the lesson where you have to take yourself underwater. She'll do that no problem. So I'm glad I went back. Can't say that it accomplished a lot other than we're just going to finish out the week. She's not going to get a certificate. There's no way she's going to hit all the checkpoints by the end of the week to do it. She's got to be able she? to do everything how by is, Friday. How old is she? She turns four They've on August 16th. They've got to August give her 16th. something for finishing the week. That There has to be a certificate here. I think that you, you get a certificate only if you actually pass the class. They'll probably <laughs> give her like a, a temporary dolphin tattoo. Okay. Well, so She probably will care more about that anyway. probably about the best. I, I've got a good primary complaint provided to me from some people. Uh, that have been sending oh. me messages and mentions and, and everything else. Um, today was less embarrassing in terms of like being made a spectacle because my daughter's screaming the whole time and upset. She wasn't happy about it, but I do think Evie being there helped. She kind of set off to the side, and I'd call her over, and I'd say, you know, look at Evie, look at your sister while you're doing this, and she'd be a little bit more calm. Uh, bottom line is I think she's just really afraid and so her defense mechanism when she's afraid and doesn't want to do something that makes her scared is she knows if she screams loud enough and causes a scene she doesn't and whines do enough that she gets to go to the side. The instructor did give me one good piece of advice because she would not let the instructor take her. Like she would not let anybody but me hold her in the water. She was trying to do something with her. She said, you know, normally we would just take them if they were here on their own and bring them out to the middle of the pool. Like, not take them underwater, but like make, just take them in the deep end. So I did. I forced her out there. She screamed and cried, but eventually she got used to it. By Friday, it was better be about great. being away from it. There's also so many people saying, you know, the best I, – I, uh, someone in the YouTube chat said, I taught swim lessons for years. They're most effective when parents aren't around for the kids to go because to. Because they don't have that safety net. Exactly. And someone else is instructing them. Interesting. I would love for that to be the case, and there are places I could go to pay for that, and that may be the next step. But understand that my oldest daughter went to the same lady, the same class, and had zero issues after going to swimming lessons at the YMCA 
and it was a nightmare. That was the screamy pool I talked about, the indoor pool that was so loud that she just could not handle, and I, I could barely handle it. Went to this swim class. Everything was great, no problems for my oldest daughter. And this is a good reminder that kids are different. Like They're, the younger sister and yours is are very much yeah, so. Yeah, very different. She's not as social as my oldest daughter. She's a little bit more quiet, reserved. So just very different. So what worked for her is not going to work for my youngest. I know that now. But Hutton, we're going to stick with it. We're going to take your advice and the advice of so many others. We're going to stick Break with it the till fear. the end of the week. We'll go back tomorrow. We'll go back Friday. She's not going to do any of the things in front of the families to get the the, the certificate or the dolphin temporary tattoo or whatever it is they give away. Chad, but we're going to push through. Have we're something persevere. for her on Friday. Have something for her. We, we can do something on behalf of, of Hot Mike. Uh, moonshine tasting? Yeah, a gift. Right out here? A gift, yeah. yeah. If she was over 21, we could uh, do a that. A mocktail. We'll have a mocktail. Yeah, we'll have a mocktail for Lucy. <laughs> she did get a lunch after today. I, I told her that Good. if we made it through... Good. And I deemed her performance acceptable. Like she didn't whine and scream too much and at least tried on a couple things, which she did, that she would get to pick where she wanted to go for lunch. And that's what we did. Chad, the Chicago Bears want to pick Arlington Heights as their next site for their stadium. They paid a hundred and like well, let's just say two hundred million dollars for the the racetrack and the property uh, last year. Um, they've also hired Kevin Warren. And when I say they bought it last year, I think it was just after the start of this year when they bought this property. They hired Kevin Warren from the Big Ten. He's now the president of the Chicago Bears. Brilliant hire from the business end of it and from the negotiating end of things because they're going to need it now. Because what happened here, there's a tax dispute for this property. What was taxed at $2.8 million annually on property tax for Arlington Heights, upon this uh, assessment, this property value, the survey now is now up to $16.2 million on property tax. And they're going to negotiate and try to drop this. The problem is it's going nowhere. There's been no conversation of length that has actually produced any type of result to the point where Kevin Warren's now speaking publicly and saying, yeah, right now it's a stalemate. And we're not close to what the initial proposal looked like for Arlington Heights and the property that our ownership purchased. So now it's, I don't know if it's back to square one. I have a feeling, though, the NFL generally always wins. And while it's not going to win with Soldier Field, which is where I wish they would stay, it's the oldest stadium there in, in the league, they're going to end up dropping this just like we know and we'd referenced for the U.S. Open with Los Angeles Country Club, a property that is valued at $8 billion pays taxes of around two hundred dollars to $300,000 annually. I'm not saying that it's going to be that steep. They'll get this worked out. Yeah, it's um, if you're going to bet, we're going to get into a betting segment here momentarily, yep. but if you're going to bet on something, when it comes to pro sports and new venues and new stadiums or arenas, always bet that the civic system folds before the league, especially with the NFL. That whatever the apparatus is that's stopping it, whether it be political, civically dri uh, driven, whatever it is, from a tax standpoint, it always seems that the local government is the one to give in before the, especially the NFL team does. The government wants so their... So I expect this to be worked out one way cut, or the other. They're going to get that, though. Uh, I'm a believer in uh, the dome that they're proposing because it's going to bring a Final Four. It'll bring Super Bowls. It will bring college football championship games, and other, uh, other things in Big Ten country. 
I think the local government will look at that eventually. Unlike what's probably been, been a heavy-handed proposal on behalf of Chicago and the Bears, I'm saying, because they own the property, right? They purchased this land. It's not being granted to them like you would have in certain cities around the league. Chad, let's start uh, in college. You mentioned Big Ten country, and we, we're inspired, right? We've got Bryce Egan, who bet a dollar on Major League Baseball. Right now, all six of the teams that he bet to win each division, they're currently leading the division, where a dollar bet on a parlay, the cash out currently is around $8,000. But if the Braves, Diamondbacks, Twins, Rays, Rangers, and Reds win their respective divisions, he's set to make over a million dollars on a $1.60 bet that was placed back on April 3rd. A dollar sixty-two will pay out nearly one point two million if he wants to ride it out. The odds are astronomical. The odds that we're about to give over the portion of uh, throughout the show, starting with college, then the NFL. I'm much more certain than I would be if I'm Bryce here betting on the Reds at plus six thousand to win uh, their division, along with the Diamondbacks and others. So, shall I begin? Yeah, then we're just doing in win college. Total. Yeah, we're just going to go. I, I, I'm going on all of these, the over. Me too. I will I'm do going that as well big, and I'm taking teams that I think are being slided by Vegas right now. I'm going heavy with the over. First one, I'm going to stay uh, right here in our backyard in Nashville, Vanderbilt. The over-under is three and a half. We've was, got Clark was it two and a half show. last year? It was two and a half a year ago. They easily went past that. They won five games, right? Yes. And they went five and seven. Yeah, they beat Florida. Uh, they won five games, beat Kentucky. Yeah. Um, so three and a half for Vanderbilt this year. Now keep in mind, they open with Hawaii at home. That's a win. Alabama A&M. That's two right there. I'm going to go ahead and say at UNLV is going to be three. So those are gimmies. Now they've got to win one of the following at Wake Forest, Kentucky at home, Missouri at home, at Florida, Georgia at home, at Ole Miss, Auburn at home, which is doable with all the turnover at Auburn at South Carolina, at Tennessee. They're going to get at least one of those, likely to get two. I think they get back up to right around that five-win mark. Difficult schedule, yes. but three-and-a-half, to me, is going to be shattered. I, I think they're winning at least four. I'm leaning Vanderbilt more five or six wins this year and not two or three. And that's what Vegas is telling you. It's more two or three. I'm not seeing that with that schedule. I'll stay in the SEC for my next one. I think people are sleeping on Texas A&M because they had a really bad year last year and they lost some close games early and things fell apart. I think Connor Wigman is the real deal. I think Bobby Petrino as offensive coordinator will work. The fact that Jimbo Fisher was willing to hire him shows me that he's willing to give over some of his play calling abilities, play calling uh, power to Bobby Petrino. For that reason, I think it's going to work in year one over under seven and a half. I'm going over. I think it's a nine win team, even with this difficult schedule. Wow. In the SEC West, I think A&M bounces back. They've got the talent. They're going to have a, an uptick year with Bobby Petrino. So I'm going over with A&M. And my final one, I'm going with a guy we just had on the show. Trent Dilfer is not coming to UAB to lay up. And he's not inheriting a bad program. <laughs> no, he's not. Uh, a Bill, bowl team. Bill Clark had that team perennially bowl yeah. eligible and competing within their conference. Not an easy schedule. They've got North Carolina A&T, which will be a win, but Georgia Southern, Louisiana, they go to Georgia early. They're at Tulane. But the over-under is five. 
And I got a hard time believing that Trent Dilfer is going to go under on anything at UAB based on some of his comments and what we know about him and his coaching here in Nashville. I think UAB goes over the five-win plateau. Not by much, but I think they get bowl eligible. I bet on Trent Dilfer. I'm with you on that. I have no idea, though, Chad, what UAB returns versus what they lost. Personally. I, I'm, and that go, was a I'm going team. by how upset he got about people getting into his roster to say that he likes his roster. Yeah, That's all I needed to hear. I've got my over bets that are locks for the NFL plus primary complaint next on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Clay Travis will join us in about 30 minutes. Looking forward to that. Hutton and Withrow with you for Hot Mike here across the Outkick Network. Join us in the chat on YouTube. Chad's in there currently. Getting some good advice. Parental advice. Some uh, people overstepping a little bit. I'll get into that. But We're going to get into a primary mostly complaint good advice. Uh, in just a moment. Are, Chad, does it piss you off when uh, someone like me who doesn't have kids offers parental advice that's not uh, something you, you haven't asked for my advice, but I... And I, I don't think I've done this. No, you haven't. But others have. Yeah, sure. it's all about bedside manner. How do you feel about it, though? If how you, do you react? It's to all it? about how you come across. Like, if you want to say, you know, it worked with me, like doing this when I was a kid. I, I'll take advice from anyone, parent or non-parent. But it's all about how you come across and relaying the information you want to give the person, because we all know the person that can come across not well at all, and it seems yes. like a directive. Um, there's a lot of parental tough guys out there too. Uh, I'd know this, this not, not Hutton, but a lot of people who don't have kids are like, Oh, you know, just you know, throw the kid to the bottom of the pool and let them sink. And then they'll figure it out and go down there after 10 yeah. seconds. If they don't come back up. And I'm thinking I'm too nice. No one with a child would <laughs> probably want to do that. I'm amazed that our grandparents and parents seemed okay doing that at times. I'd have a real hard time yeah. watching that struggle and fight as they went under and were just taking in gallons of water because they don't know how to, you know, properly breathe underwater the entire time. You're not, I'm not an advocate for taking in water, but I was thrown into the deep end and I swam to the side of the pool. And from there on, I was like, oh, it's actually not that bad. Yeah, I just, I didn't, I didn't have swim lessons. So like, I'm someone who's sort of self-taught. My mom worked with me yeah. when we had a pool next door, but I, I said it yesterday, I didn't start swimming till I was probably seven or eight. But then I quickly picked it up in one summer, and I was a good swimmer. And I've been able to swim ever since. But I did it by playing, by just wanting to With get in the pool and play the, around. Yeah, yeah, friends in the pool. And there are people saying that's the best way to learn, is just get out there and do it. And um, I, I don't want to spoil my primary complaint, right. Hutton. I know it. But I know there's coming. a lot of different – we've had more feedback on this than almost anything of people letting me know about swim lessons and parenting. And some have evoked strong feelings – positively for for me other responses have evoked some very strong negative feelings for okay. me that i'll get into in primary complaint coming up clay joins us each and every wednesday and also on wednesdays we air our top grievance of the week it is time for primary complaint it's time to air our top grievance of the week you can complain all you want my job is so unfulfilling don't run away from your feelings. It's time for Hot Mike's Primary Complaint. Guys, we try not to repeat primary complaints. Chad and I have been doing this for 12, 
going on 13. It's it's years. It, it's tough not to repeat. And I've asked him prior to the show if I've used this. If I have, Chad, I apologize. Appointments should mean appointments. Reservation times should mean that's your reservation time. If you're at a doctor's office, if you're going for a routine physical, if you have a reservation at a very you know nice restaurant while you're on vacation or you're setting something up for your parents and you arrive and you have to wait an extra 15 minutes, but you're on time. Like I, that bugs me because I had to call in two and a half weeks prior to make sure I could even get in. And I just don't appreciate the fact that the appointment that I'm held to is not held to on the opposite end as well. That's my primary complaint. Hutton, you have hit on something here that rings so true with me. The healthcare system just has us by the you-know-what. Yeah, I made an appointment to and sit and wait in the They can just do whatever they want. And maybe what bothers me even more than what you're talking about, because it's just a constant problem, and it's become such a problem of appointment time doesn't mean anything. We will see you when we can see you or when we want to see you. And then they take you back it's to become, the room, it, it's and you become sit there an for another 20 It's minutes. become an attitude also. Like, if I yeah, ever, kinda. if I dare to say, you know, hey, I got to get back to work, or I have a meeting yeah, that was two hours out from this appointment right. that I thought I'd have plenty of time to get to. Any any word? I mean, the the people that are there to, supposedly to help people look at you like, how how dare you? Just aghast that you would dare to ask the question. <laughs> you mean that this doctor that you scheduled an appointment with a year ago to see, right. that he's supposed to be on time, or she, she's supposed to be on time you know to who, see you right now? You know who is always on time? Dentists. I've found that. Always on time. They never overbook. It's because they're not real doctors. Always ready. Yeah. They're not real doctors. Yeah. Is that right? Real doctors. Dr. David Doctor. You know you're a real doctor when you show up late for everything. Show up late. Even and, and the walls are rail thin. Like I, I know that they're not in the room adjacent to us or across the hall. Like I, I, you know, I don't know what they're doing. But the, the doctor will not see me now, apparently, even though I'm on the schedule to be seen. The worst is when you can hear the doctor just having some light banter with the nurses. <laughs> you talked about the thin, the thin walls. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. You're sitting in the room. You're like, okay, I hear them over there. That's two doors down. So how was the vacation Now I hear Hawaii? them next door. Yeah. I, you, you're so anxious to see them and get out of there. That Dr. You're Withrow, thinking, you're very tan. How was Hawaii? No, here they come. Like you, you're, They're coming to the next door. Oh, I, I can hear it there. The volume's getting louder. They're going door by door. I'm next. Then they get done with that, and you hear them outside. You're so right. So uh, Mr. Stevenson came in and had this happen, and they're just, oh, what movie did you see this weekend? And I'm thinking, you have got to be kidding me. Give me the synopsis of that. Oh, my goodness. That is uh, so many things to complain about with that one. Very good primary complaint. My primary complaint this week does stem from my adventures in swim lesson land. Got some very good advice from people. People are very kind about the issues with my three-year-old that does not want to be in swim lessons. Um, I've long said that, you know, I, I'll be the clown if that's what this show needs because I'll humble myself. Chad will I, be our clown. I, I humble myself enough to ask for advice when it comes to some parenting things like I did yesterday. And I want your feedback when I ask it. I'm a big boy. I can handle what you say back to me and all those things. And I will do that. I will be a clown. I won't be your clown. <laughs> There's a big difference. If this show requires me to be the clown for a day, and be the butt of the jokes, I will do that for the good of the show. What I need you to understand, listener, viewer out there, is that while I may be a clown in here, I'm not your clown. I'm also not a moron. 
So when you start coming at me and trying to explain to me the meaning of swim lessons, the ones that I signed both my daughters up for, mind you, already. You've been through this. And had them there. <laughs> but when you're trying to lecture me or inform me and say that, you know, swim lessons aren't supposed to be fun. They're supposed to be difficult and hard. It's about safety. It's not about your fun or your kid's fun. It's about safety so they can have, well, of course it is. I take my kids to swim lessons because, see if you can figure this out. I want them to be safe. I want them to be safe. I want them to be able to swim. I don't want them to drown. I want them to be comfortable in the pool. I want them to be comfortable in a lake if they go to a lake one day. I want them to be comfortable to move around and do things and get out of trouble in a water park. Or to save someone. If need be. Or to save someone else. Of course it's about safety. I had multiple people define swim lessons to me. And I'm thinking, I'm the one who signed them up. Of course I understand the meaning behind swim lessons. So we don't have to go to the remedial. If you've got some insight or some good advice, by all means, offer it up. But I, of all people who signed my daughters up for swim lessons, along with my wife, we are concerned with their safety. We understand it's not supposed to be all fun that it's about safety. Drives me crazy. Well, when you, someone, when it's clear, I'm thinking, I, uh, do you know who you follow? I, I know you well like, enough. You follow to, me on Twitter. Here's what you're thinking. It's weird Chad. that if you follow someone on Twitter and see what they're like, or you watch their show or listen, like, so have I ever portrayed myself as someone that didn't know that swim lessons for kids were about swim safety and not taking them to a water which, park? Which is why you're contemplating whether or not you should go back. Otherwise, you just wouldn't go and bring it up on the show. But I know Chad well enough to, to know this. He, just like he was regretting going to swim lessons yesterday morning when everything was you know, a scream fest and you know, the, the, the terror of trying to float on her back, even though Chad was right there. He's also driving home yesterday thinking, why did I open the door to this for those that think that I don't know what swim lessons are for. Yeah. True or false? Yeah. Oh, I definitely, I, I had some reservations about why do I make my life such an open book with this? <laughs> it just, it, it's no, it's no big deal. Like, of I, course. I'm also not someone to say, oh, I had to read three tweets that annoyed yeah. me. You know, what a, what a sad existence I live. Yeah. This because is not Sal I'm not, right now. I'm not that person. It, it's frustrating. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't change my life anyway. Yeah. It just amazes me that like the people that I follow, like I listen to other podcasts or I read a lot of things. And when I listen to these things and read things, I feel like I know the person writing it or the person talking, you get a sense of who they are. And I would like to know the common sense, aspect. any one of the thousands of people who follow me on social media that tried to explain to me what swim lessons are, what have I ever done to, to, Denote to you that I am someone that needs swim lessons explained to them. <laughs> that really bothers me because I'm thinking, why are you following me? Why do you know about the swim lessons? It's because you listen or watch the show or you follow me. I see you follow me. So what is it about me that you think, you know, this is the guy I need to explain what kids swim lessons are to. Yeah, the guy the who's one who already, already done signed his kids up for it with his older daughter. He's all his oldest has already mastered this yeah you know years I, follow, ago. I follow tom brady on instagram when he posts something i don't go back to tom brady and say let me explain the quarterback position to you a little bit i don't think you know enough about it you know the quarterback for a while it was all under center and you took the snap there and or then just any they had this thing called the shotgun and you backed up and you did it and i'm thinking you know who this person is you know what you should do just spitballing right now 
Uh, just text Riley Gaines and ask her what she would do. Oh, that's a great idea. That's all you do. We should get Riley back on. It's another way to change on. the topic, too. We should get Riley yeah. back on to give swim lesson instructions. Yeah. Or just, How much would Riley charge for me to just drop my kid off at her pool and say, have at it. Teach this kid how to swim. Good luck. And then uh, Lucy becomes uh, you know, a, a collegiate athlete. Well, let's be, let's be honest. The next swim lesson I take Lucy to, I will not be a part of. The, this, this experience, I, I'm now oh, going like to go tomorrow? with the people who say, no, no, we'll finish oh, out the, the week. week. But yeah. I'm saying when we do this next spring or whenever we do it, she is going to be dropped off yeah. somewhere. And I'm, I'm going to go somewhere where I can't hear the screams because she will scream. And yeah. I'm just going to have to deal with it and have someone else that, that handle part, the, the I don't lesson. know how you put up with that part of it. It's probably going to be a one-on-one type thing, yeah, I would with, say. With but I, I'll be um, – yeah, Riley will deal with the screams of my child and not me. I, I, will, I will get in my car and listen to one of those podcasts be the that I mentioned whisperer. earlier. Swim whisperer. I can't, I can't handle that. Like being on the other side of the fence when the screaming is taking place, that's going to be tough. Imagine if Zuckerberg or, or Musk ends up screaming in the cage, this cage fight. That is or is not ever going to take place. What's the emotional response going to be when one of these guys like severs a limb? That like, would, I don't think that would. If happen. they like break a leg or an arm, that, I mean, they could they could uh, step the wrong way and tear an ACL or something. I don't think they're going to break each other. I don't think it'll be like that. I think Zuckerberg with his training, maybe he could get him in a hold and break something. Yeah, but it, it takes there there are like it takes an immense amount of training to be able to do that. Like it. How how often do I mean you and I have seen like street fights? You know we've walked up on on people that either do or don't want to fight, or you know the college fights. Those backyard brawls don't end up with the uh, you know the the Brock Lesnar yeah, arm just, arm breaking you know that takes place straight KOs it's just a different level. So I, I think this will just end up being a backyard scrap. I don't know. I just saw a movie trailer with Denzel Washington in it where he broke uh, multiple limbs in the movie trailer. And he's sixty. Based on Equalizer three, I will on watch the, this the movie. Training by the way, footage of the uh, with Lex Freeman—it's just a bunch of humping that's going on. Yeah, it, it's what's going to take place. Um, something else we'll get into at some point in the show: wrestling. Why do you choose to do that as a male in high school? Oh, we'll, the we'll, discipline we'll of it, it too. We'll discuss it another time. The guys that would walk the 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 hallways and have to spit into a bottle trying to make weight. Vision Quest was it's an a, awesome movie it's a, in the 80s. Awesome movie. Made me mildly interested in high school I, wrestling. That was the only thing that ever did it, though. I respect those guys, but at the same time, man, they, that cannot be fun. Well, the referee's position to begin with is essentially dry humping that oh, we saw oh, yeah, between Elon. Yeah. Like th- that's how we start. We're yeah. going to start by dry humping, and then we're going to go from there. I mean, that's day one stuff, and I'm thinking, all right, well, I'm out. I'll get back to the basketball court. That's why Thank you. no one wanted to, to fight Khabib Nurmagomedov because he was great at grappling. Yeah. Everyone submitted to Khabib. But the criticism was there. It's a boring fight. We'll interview Khabib a high school wrestler the, coming up soon on the show, too. Headlines next. Plus, why? who to take the over on in the NFL?